This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free of the chains holding me. Is out there hearing me? Set me free. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, Proclaim liberty to captives and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along, and thank you for joining us in this beautiful, sunny day in the Valley of the Sun And I'm going to begin this show by reading a quote from Amy Carmichael, the missionary to India. This is from the early 1900s. And she says, Those of us who are God's emissaries are to treat the world not just as corruptions, but its legitimate joys, its privileges, and blessings as a thing to be touched at a distance. We must beware at all times that if we are caught by its spirit, or fed by its meat, we will lose our sensitivity to the very breath of the highest and will no longer receive the manna that falls from heaven to feed our souls. It is not that God forbids us this or that indulgence or comfort, not that he is stern, calling us to a life of harsh asceticism, as if that would make him more pleased with us. No, it is that we who love our Lord and we whose affections are set on the things that are heaven for us today, down here, we voluntarily and gladly lay aside these things that charm the world so that we may be charmed and ravished with the things of heaven. Then our whole being may be poured forth in constant and unreserved devotion in serving God, who died to save us. Therefore, we may bind ourselves to God with the kind of vow that commits us to this, to look upon the world in all its delights and attractions suspecting that traps are set there for us, reserving ourselves for a higher way. The world is not for us. We are called to live daily in a higher kingdom where we are touched and our souls drink from the Spirit of God. And I often quote saints that lived a 100 years and more before because their focus on God and focus on giving everything to God and setting aside the pleasures of this world is much more defined and pronounced than what we often see today. And I would say that many Christians' philosophy and including many churches is that you can have as much pleasure and entertainment as you want and you can have as much of God as you want. But the problem is that doesn't work. You've got to choose one and set the other, either set it aside or not necessarily set aside all entertainment, but decrease it. It depends on how much of God you really want. And over the years, I'd read verses like these, you shall be holy for I am holy. First Peter 1.16 and then Paul and First Corinthians 6, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated 
by anything. In Galatians 5.17, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. These are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And then last one, 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So when I'd read verses like that and and then the one about the narrow gate that few find, and then wide is the way that leads to destruction, I'd be think, sitting there thinking, you don't really hear an all-out challenge to go hard after God and to unload some of the things that we spend hours on, such as social media and YouTube and watching TV, even, good, even Christian entertainment. So to discuss these issues and more, I have Brandon Burnett on the line. He is a member of our board of directors, and he's also the head of our youth ministry. Brandon, my friend, welcome back to the program. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So when you hear all this, what goes through your mind? Man, Amy put it so well. I definitely um, can't add much more to that. And the scriptures speak to worldliness and the things of this world so often. It does convict me from time to time in my spirit. And what I just want to share with you guys today is just kind of my testimony of how this started to look in my own life that was so subtle, it was hard for me to see. Um, For instance, you know, not everything in this world is evil, right? God loves the world and the people of this world, his creation, but there's so many things that are influenced by the enemy. We know he's the prince of this world, at least for a time in God's sovereignty, and there's so much deception in media and the things of this world that if we're not careful, we can get so entangled in it, and that's what happened to me, and it's something that I never would have seen, and I think especially with us guys and girls who are struggling with certain sin issues, when we remove that one issue, we think, well, now as long as I don't do that one thing, maybe it's porn, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol, and everything else is for me. I can just numb out on all these other things. And you're just trading one addiction for another if you're not careful. And some of them aren't so obvious. Like for me, I've always loved sports. I've followed sports. And when I started to get free from porn, I would spend some time with God, but the rest of the day, as things came up, I noticed I went to entertainment, started to live more for self because that felt good, at least in the moment, as uncomfortable feelings came up, as the things that used to drive me to porn, I knew I didn't want to go to that. So I went to listen to, you know, sports radio, podcasts, um, reading articles, things like that. And I don't think sports in and of themselves are evil. But what it did is it took up place in my heart that is supposed to be devoted for God. And and Jesus said, if I said, where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. And sports were becoming my treasure, but I didn't recognize that. No one even called it out, but I was wrestling with the Lord one day saying, Lord, why am I not having the victory I want? Why do I not have the joy and the peace that your word promises? And immediately he brought that to mind. I was spending hours listening to sports radio and podcasts, but minutes with him. And you can substitute sports for anything in this world, and you don't have to say it's all evil. It could be be games. It could be any form of entertainment, media, social media. 
you're spending hours with those things, but minutes with God, what's going to win out? We know the thing we feed most wins. Mm -hmm. You feed your flesh more than the Spirit. The flesh will trump the Spirit. But if you feed the Spirit and the things that the Spirit are focused on, the Spirit grows more powerful than the flesh, and you start to have victory. So for me in the practical, because I'm simple, like, Lord, what do I do with this stuff? So I have this, this free time during the day, and you revealed to me this is my idol, this is my treasure, and it hasn't been here, so I had to repent of that. And what I did is I just replaced that thing with Him. Instead of seeking entertainment, things to numb how I felt, I spent less time with that. I deleted those things, and I went to listening to worship music or spending quiet time with Him or listening to a good sermon or anything that would build me up and edify me and encourage me. And, you know, you're right, Mike, you don't have to eliminate every single thing. We we can have enjoyment in this life. Uh, we can enjoy the things that God's given us, but we want to be careful not to make them first in our life, um, because we know at the end of the day, we're either slaves to sin or we're slaves to righteousness. There's no third option to live, you know, for the world and for God. He, he knew that we couldn't have two masters, and we'll get ensnared in the world. And, and really what I came to understand is we can be very legalistic and, and religious about just removing a bunch of things, patting ourselves on the back and feeling holy, feeling like, look at me, I'm doing all these great things. But really, it's not so much what we're running from, it's who we're running to. The, the reason I think the Lord doesn't want us to run towards the world is because He has something so much better. The world in itself, the things of this world cannot give us lasting contentment or joy. Only He can. So when we come to realize that, we experience His love, and we spend time with Him, growing in our relationship and trust in the Lord, we actually realize that, man, there's so much more joy and freedom and contentment in this than I ever got from the world. So what was I doing? And then, then it's easier to start to break free from those chains from the world, because, man, the world can't compare once you get a taste of Jesus, and, and especially how much He loves us, how much He adores us, how much... He desires us. Like when you get a hold of that, when you start to meditate on those scriptures of his love, his relentless love, his unending love, like, man, that's what really I think starts to change people. And that's really the truth that starts to set him for us free is that we love because he first loved us. That's what the scriptures say. So, so coming to a knowledge and asking God to reveal to us how much he loves us. And, and and going out of a place of love, living out of love, not trying to earn God's love, um, but operating out of His love, receiving His love every day. And then we know we have right motive. We're not being religious about things. We're not trying to strive to do things to earn God's love or earn salvation or freedom. It's a joy. It's a joy to live in His presence and to live out of His love and let that propel us. Yeah, and at the same time, more and more research is coming out showing that too much time on, for example, social media is causing depression and anxiety and envy, but I don't know that a lot of people are aware of these problems. So if you're spending an hour or two a day on social media, it's not good for you chemically as well as spiritually. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, I've seen an alarming statistic. Uh, this was before the pandemic. They said the average American spends seven and a half hours on media basically living for self, feeding the flesh, entertaining themselves. I know, and you know, Mike, that this isn't very different in Christian culture. I hang out with a lot of Christians. I see this stuff, so it seemed normal to me. So I wasn't convicted by their actions. I'm like, ah, they're doing it too. You justify it. 
And But I've seen an even a more alarming statistic that right after the pandemic, because we were stuck at home so much, that that number shot up. It went to 13 and a half hours. And I'm like, man, I don't even know if I'm awake that long. Like, how, how many hours are there in a day? And then you got to sleep and you work and you do other things. Like, people are being, they're not consuming these things. These things are consuming them. And that's how it was for sports and entertainment for me. I was not consuming those things. They were consuming me. And that is the problem. Well, and so if if we let go of those things, you almost feel like you're a freak because you're saying, I'm only going to spend a few minutes a day on social media instead of, hey, did you see that last blank blank or, or the whatever, whatever yeah. on your news feed. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend uh, that was, he admitted to me just the other day that he's just been addicted to news. He just listened to the news articles all day, like two, three, four hours, like I was with sports. And he was convicted because he ran across another guy. He's a realtor. Another realtor is like, hey, did you hear about those uh, those balloons uh, from China? And he's like, no, no, I haven't, haven't been bombed. And he's like, what? You never heard of that? What about this? And he's like, no, I, I don't. I don't. I never heard of that. But he's like, man, I see such a peace in this guy in contentment. He's like, I got super convicted because I was being consumed by the news. And it was also breeding fear in him as the news can because they focus a lot on the negative stuff. So, yeah, I think we have to careful like what we allow in and yeah people will ridicule us like me i don't do social media because it's a trigger now some people might be able to do that without being triggered and spiraling into some sort of sin but you got to think is there a net benefit to doing those things as compared to spending more time with the lord or or just consuming some media that's at least a little more edifying so for me i think we have to pray and and ask god for conviction and uh, wisdom in these areas. And, and each person's life may look a little bit different. Like for some, they may be able to do some social media. Some, I can watch a football game every once in a while, but I can't spend three hours, you know, a day listening <laughs> to sports radio. Like that's not good for me. And it's shocking that it took me years to figure that out. But again, I think we're blinded. The enemy wants to deceive us, distract us, do anything he can to make us completely ineffective for the kingdom. And we're most powerful on our knees is what it comes down to. Mm. So when you think of, I mean, some people will say, well, I, most of my entertainment is Christian. So, you know, I'm heavily, you know, I'm not, but I'm saying somebody could say I'm heavily into watching The Chosen as each episode comes out and you see, or I see people raving about it, you know, on social media. And what it comes down to is you're still staring at a screen. That's still time that you're taking away from other things that could be a prayer life. So to me, I try to encourage people. Every believer should be spending an hour in prayer every day. That, that's got to be a baseline, especially in the times we live in. But I think our people are confusing that, well, it's Christian entertainment, so it's good. But it's still just watching TV or your phone or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, an hour may intimidate some, even if someone were to spend 10 to 15 minutes just to start in the morning or bookend their day in the morning and in the evening, spending at least 15 minutes with God, and then spending time in His, his Word, because we know prayer is not powerful if it doesn't have faith behind it. And the Scriptures say that, that we have faith by knowing the Word of God, that the Word of God is the thing that produces faith in us. So faith comes by hearing, right, as the Scripture so I like to get in the Word in the morning first first thing to get my mind right with God. It sets the tone for my day, and then I get into prayer because I think 
prayer flows so much better out of reading the Word of God because it stirs up faith in us, and it's enjoyable, and we start to spend time with Him. We start to see things move and things happen as we pray, and it encourages us to pray more and more. I mean, that can become just as addictive as TV, but in a good way, right? Because now our hearts are set on Him, our hearts are set on God, and there's there's fulfillment in that. There's peace and joy, and and then I don't even think you need to keep track. You're going to be praying throughout the day because you enjoy it. You enjoy spending time with the Lord and your Heavenly Father because that's the source of your joy. So it, it does become easier. So you talked about what you see in other Christians. Share some other stories of what you see in the church at large when it comes to spending time with entertainment. Oh, man, Mike. And we and you have talked about this at great length. And I am so, my heart breaks for the church, a lot of the churches at least I've been to, and that instead of the, the church being an influencer over the world and influencing the cities and the towns around it, the, the, the church is almost allowing the worldliness in and embracing it to where, you know, the world is influencing the church more than the church influencing the world, I'm afraid. I think a lot of people come to church now to be entertained, and the church is set up to do just that. Worship has become a form of entertainment with smoke and mirrors like a concert. Uh, and, and music can be beautiful and the words can be powerful, but if people are going there just to get their ears tickled, they're going to churches that just say the right thing that they want to hear, we got a problem. You know, people aren't growing in their faith. They aren't becoming more like Christ. It's still self-centered. It's feeding the self-life. And that's what we're trying to get out of. Jesus said, you know, you have to deny yourself to walk with Him. You have to take up your cross every day. Like That's not always easy, because we are in a real battle against the flesh, against the world, and Satan. And I love what A.W. Tozer said. He said, a lot of men think that this world is a playground, but it's a battleground. Mm -hmm. We're not here to be entertained. We're here to seek the Lord. We're here to be fruitful. That's His will, and we're here to advance the kingdom. And we don't have to do that in misery. Like It's enjoyable to spend time with the Lord. I think that's what people are afraid of. Oh, I'm going to have to sacrifice so much and give up all this stuff, and I'll be miserable. And some Christians are. We see that because they're not replacing it with Him, with a, a real intimate relationship with Him, and spending real quality time with Him. Jesus says, if you know me, um, or if you love me, then you obey my commands. So loving someone, you've got to get to know Him to love Him, and that will propel us into obedience. You told me a story about one church you went to. I forget all the details. Where you said ninety percent of the uh, the message was about. I don't remember what it was. Can you share what that was? Um, ninety percent of the message. Well, I don't know the specific ones not coming to to mind. Um, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. A lot of the the messages I'm hearing, it, it's more on Christian living. It's more about what to do, not who you are, not who to pursue, not coming back to Jesus. It's a lot of steps, a lot of action steps. And I think our flesh loves that, right? Because we just want to check boxes. We just want to do, do, do and feel better about ourselves. But if we look at ourselves, we see a lot of times a fruitless life with no power. We don't see the scriptures coming alive in our life. We don't see what we see in the Bible and the church today because I think we're so focused on self and, and what we can do. And that gratifies the flesh. I don't think that gratifies the Spirit. That's gratified just in spending time with the Lord, and He'll direct our steps. You know, a lot, there's been a lot of people talking about what has happened at Asbury University in Kentucky recently, where basically they've just 
and committing all their time just to prayer and confession of sin mm-hmm. and reverent worship. When I say reverent worship, there's no worship band going mm-hmm. there. They just had a piano and a guitar, and then they had the presence of God drop on their chapel, and now people are running to church. And what came to my mind is, who really runs to church today? <laughs> but because uh, um, when if we're going to encounter God, yeah, I'll be running to church. But if we're watching a show, it's another entertainment option. And what I saw in Asbury was this is what church should look like right now. It should be people yeah. on our knees. What's your take? Mm-hmm. I agree 100 percent, Mike, and me and my wife. Shannon have been following that story, and I love the simplicity in it. I love that school, I think it was the school or the worship leaders or both, were actually not allowing other speakers because there was big headline speakers that wanted to come in there and they wanted to take over the show, and they said, no, no, we don't want that. It is just a simple devotion to God, and they're worshiping their hearts out. And you can see it's genuine, and I love that, and the Spirit of God's moving in that. And that just proves our point. Like, we don't need all the smoke and mirrors. We don't need to entertain people's flesh and worry about all these programs. Like, we just want more of Jesus. We want to worship Him. Like, people desire that. They're having to turn people away over there, Mike. There's so many people that desire that. They want to get in there to experience the presence of God and just worship Him simply. I mean, it's not a big band, as you know. It's just a guy playing a guitar, and I think a a piano or something it's just it's it's amazing to see and it gives me a lot of hope that that uh, that people can get a hold of that and maybe it'll spread mm-hmm. yeah i really wanted to go when i saw that myself but the lord was saying no stay home and stay focused <laughs> focused on what i got you doing so yeah so we got about two minutes left brandon anything you want to say Oh, man, I think we just got to get back to the basics. You know, we're not trying to beat people over the head or saying you're not doing enough. and You know, you're worldly or this or that. Like, the Lord is gentle. He's kind. He will convict us. Just keep coming back to the Lord and saying, Lord, is there any idols in my life? Is there anything that's that's ensnared me that's got a grip on my heart, Lord? Just reveal it. And he's faithful to do that. He doesn't want you to be in bondage. He doesn't want you to be ensnared in the world. He just wants your whole heart. He wants all of you, and he wants you to depend completely on him and rest in his works of what he's already done. Like, we don't have to worry about doing stuff. It's just spending time with him and and walking with him, and that should be our joy. That should be a delight, and if it's not, it will be. You know, he will eventually be your treasure, not just your Savior and your Lord, but I think as you spend time with Jesus, uh, you can't help but make him a treasure in your heart, and, um, you know, that should be the goal. It should be about making him a treasure. So I thank you, Mike, for, for the opportunity and the, the time to speak today. Definitely appreciate it and love you, brother. Well, thanks. And I think a part of it, too, to add on what you were saying is taking a hard look and saying, what is my prayer life look like? Do I really have uh, that connection with God? Do I know how to to rest with him in silence and hear his voice and or does silence scare me? And do I always have to have noise and distraction and social media or something going on in my life? And and those things, they choke the spiritual life. We're not, yeah. like Brandon said, we're not trying to come down here and say it's bad. But just because something is good, it doesn't mean it's helpful to the spiritual life. Mm. So 30 seconds, Brandon. Anything you want to say? 
Yeah, I agree. I was just thinking of the parable of the sower, right, Mike, where Jesus said specifically the seeds that fell amongst the thorny soil and how they sprouted up, but the cares of this world choked it out, and it became unfruitful, like the deceitfulness of riches, all these things that the world promises, trying to, to choke us out and keep us from living fruitful lives in Christ. So we just we just got to be careful, be sensitive to that, be in prayer so the Holy Spirit can convict us and, and direct us away from those things. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%, Mike. All right, Brandon, thank you for joining us, and my friends, we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.